the enthusiasm was there. Uh, and so I enjoyed that. <clears throat> Welcome to worship with us. Um, it's good to see visitors. And uh, so as we seek God today, may we just be blessed and encouraged together. <clears throat> Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come to you. We seek your face. Oh God, we just need you to show us the way. We need you to lead us, guide us. Lord, you are an awesome God, and you do your work in our hearts in just a wonderful way. Um, more than we can understand, but we know it is the work of your spirit. And as I share the word today, you know the needs of each heart. Um, and so, oh God, we just look to you to meet the needs. We look to you because you are the one that understands my heart. You understand the heart of each person that is here. And so may we just have hearts that are soft and open and honest before you and uh, allowing you to work in our hearts, to change us, shape us, and mold us to be like you. Take the words that I speak, the words that uh, you have, and make them life to the hearers. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> Well, this morning I'd like to talk about regeneration, what it means and how do I get there? What does it look like in our lives? We find this word, uh, I think maybe twice, but um, in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, is kind of the, the text there, but it says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> the word regeneration um, has the thought of being renovated or something that is changed uh, from one thing to another. And, uh, and so... As, as men, you know, those that have experienced the work of Christ in our lives who have been regenerated, we understand this from a spiritual perspective. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, uh, it's maybe a little bit, uh, you know, a carpenter takes a job, a remodel job, let's say, and, and he starts with something and the owner wants it to look different. And so the process of remodeling that room or whatever we're doing, in the end, the, the, it is to change the look and maybe make it more user-friendly, at least in someone's eyes. Uh, and so it becomes more useful to, to, the, to the owner. Um, and, um, and so... God's work in our hearts is maybe a little bit similar to that. Um, now, 
you know, if, if, I, would, uh, if I would say, uh, so my car broke down when I was coming here and I was fixing it and I got run over by a truck, you would look at me and say, I don't think so. You look just, you look normal. Well, if I got run over by a truck, something would have changed, surely. Uh, and so, you see, we, we have this, uh, uh, in the spiritual sense, it, it, it's the same thing. Uh, in, and Jesus, you want to read a couple of verses in Matthew 7, but, but Jesus clearly talks to that idea. Um, and, uh, and so, regeneration means there is a change. Something has happened. Yeah, now, obviously, some things are a process of time. In God's eyes, or, or in God's work in our hearts, becomes a process of time. And it's not, <clears throat> not everything happens in an instant. Now, some things do. But not everything happens, well, you know, right off the bat. So, but part of, part of regeneration, I think, is also growing. <clears throat> well, Matthew 7, verse 15, I'll read about five or six verses here, but he says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. So there we have the fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree bringeth forth, cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Now we know that um, My word, my word isn't quite there, but the parable. Uh, so we, we understand what Jesus is saying here. You know, most of us have had, at least had a garden if, if we're not involved in agriculture in some way, uh, or have maybe have been in the past. I grew up on a farm, so I understand this concept. Well, if I, if I plant corn, I'm expecting to get corn. I'm, I'm not looking for wheat to grow in that field. If it does, it may, maybe from the year before, maybe doesn't belong there. But I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting a corn crop. <clears throat> and, and Jesus uses that analogy here, and he says, so are you going to find grapes on thorns? No. If, if we're looking for grapes, we're going to go where the grapevine's at. Um, we're not going to go look for, for thistles or thorns of some kind and, and expect to find grapes there and, uh, or figs. So, and then he goes on and he, he says, a good tree is going to bring forth good fruit. That's, he's making a statement there. He's saying, if you have a good tree, he's going to bear fruit in kind. Um, he's going to have, you know, if you have an apple tree, for instance, and it's a good tree, for the most part, he's going to have good fruit. Now, once in a while, of course, we, we know uh, you'll get an apple and it looks all good on the outside. And on the inside, it's not quite that way. Um, 
And, and so sometimes the, the flaw that's inside is concealed by what's outside, and it looks okay for a while. <clears throat> but eventually that whatever is spoiled in there, it eventually comes to the surface if you leave it go long enough. <clears throat> but Jesus is telling us here that a believer, in essence, I think he's saying, a believer is going to have the fruits of a believer. And, uh, and so a corrupt tree is going to have corrupt fruit. It's not going to be good fruit. And, uh, and a good tree is going to have good fruit. <clears throat> so now, we can make a, a, a we, can, we can confess Christ as, as, a, and ask Jesus to be our Savior, but does that regenerate us? Well, in a certain sense, it's a start, but we continually choose that. Uh, that process of regeneration, that statement in and of itself does not necessarily change me. But when we truly repent and we're regenerated by, by the Spirit of God, when that Spirit comes and lives within us, it brings with it a new nature. A new think, a new way of thinking, a new way of looking at the life and of things that are around me, and and I change my outlook. I change how I view life, how I view my neighbor, how I view the circumstances where I find myself. <clears throat> it changes the very course of our life, and so now Jesus becomes Lord of everything. Up until that point, we can call him Lord. But if he hasn't regenerated us, if the Holy Spirit isn't there, then that really hasn't happened. <clears throat> you know, how do I change? It's a question a lot of people have. In the, and so what, how do I get to the place where I'm changed, where I know that that change is there, where I know God has done a work in my heart. How can I get to that point? And it's a fair question. And it's a question that young people sometimes wrestle with for a while. Um, so how do I know? Well, Jesus gave us a, uh, some more um, words here in John, in John chapter 3. He gives us a little glimpse of what that begins to look like. He says, uh, verse 5, he says, Jesus answered, talking to Nicodemus, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So here we have Jesus giving us a glimpse of what the Spirit of God is going to do. Now, Nicodemus came with this question of, of what do I have to do to enter the kingdom uh, and so on. And, and uh, 
And so Jesus here, he he's, says, you must be born again. Well, the Spirit hadn't come yet because Jesus hadn't ascended to heaven. So, so this was kind of an analogy that maybe was, uh, it was new. Uh, it was not a thought that they had had before, something they related to before. Uh, we relate to it because we, know, we see God's work. But then he goes on and he says, well, you understand the wind, don't you? We, we, can, we live in a windy country here, so we understand what the wind does. You know, it can be nice in the morning and, and everything's fine. And, and by noon, uh, if it wasn't tied down, it's blowing away. So um, <clears throat> we know what the wind can do. Now, can we see the wind? You know, we haven't seen the wind. None of us have. Well, the Spirit of God is, in a, in a sense, He's the same way. We can see what He does. Now, I can't see Him because He's not flesh and blood. He's a spirit. And so, because He is a spirit, I can see His work, but I can't see Him. And so, you know, sometimes we look at situations and, and somebody that, uh, you know, maybe has made a profession of godliness. But finally, it's like, where's the life? Where, what?